Story nine, chapter five of *The Man Without a Country and Other Tales* by Edward Everett Hale. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Story nine, *The Children of the Public*, chapter last, Fausta's story. Fausta slept late, poor child. I called for her before breakfast. I waited for her after. About ten she appeared, so radiant, so beautiful, and so kind. The trunk had revealed a dress I never saw before, and the sense of rest, and eternal security, and unbroken love had revealed a charm which was never there to see before. She was dressed for walking, and, as she met me, said, "'Time for constitutional, Mr. Millionaire.' So we walked again, quite uptown, almost to the region of pig-pens and cabbage-gardens, which is now the Central Park. And after just the first gush of my enthusiasm, Fausta said very seriously, I must teach you to be grave. You do not know whom you are asking to be your wife. Excepting Mrs. Mason, number 27, 34th Street, sir, there is no one in the world who is of kin to me and she does not care for me one straw felix she said almost sadly now you call yourself child of the public i started when you first said so for that is just what i am i am twenty-two years old my father died before i was born my mother a poor woman disliked by his relatives and avoided by them went to live in hoboken over there with me how she lived god knows but it happened that of a strange death she died i in her arms after a pause the poor girl went on there was a great military review an encampment she was tempted out to see it of a sudden by some mistake a ramrod was fired from a careless soldier's gun and it pierced her through her heart i tell you felix it pinned my baby frock into the wound so that they could not part me from her until it was cut away of course every one was filled with horror nobody claimed poor me the baby but the battalion the montgomery battalion it was which had by mischance killed my mother adopted me as their child i was voted fille du regiment they paid an assessment annually which the colonel expended for me a kind old woman nursed me she was your betsy myers interrupted i and when i was old enough i was sent into connecticut to the best of schools this lasted till i was sixteen fortunately for me perhaps the montgomery battalion then dissolved i was finding it hard to answer the colonel's annual letters i had my living to earn it was best I should earn it. I declined a proposal to go out as a missionary. I had no call. I answered one of Miss Beecher's appeals for Western teachers. Most of my life since then has been a schoolman's. It has had ups and downs, but I have always been proud that the public was my godfather. And, as you know, she said, I have trusted the public well. I have never been lonely wherever I went. I tried to make myself of use. Where I was of use, I found society. The ministers have been kind to me. I always offered my services in the Sunday schools and sewing rooms. The school committees have been kind to me. They are the public's high chamberlains for poor girls. 
I have written for the journals. I won one of Sartain's hundred dollar prizes " "And I another," interrupted I. "When I was very poor I won the first prize for an essay on bad boys " "And I the second," answered I. "I think I know one bad boy better than he knows himself," said she. But she went on. "I watched with this poor Miss Stillingfleet the night she died. This absurd distribution had got hold of her, and she would not be satisfied till she had transferred that strange ticket, number 2,973, to me, writing the endorsement which you have heard. I had had a longing to visit New York and Hoboken again. This ticket seemed to me to beckon me. I had money enough to come, if I would come cheaply. I wrote to my father's business partner, and enclosed a note to his only sister. She is Mrs. Mason. She asked me, coldly enough, to her house. Old Mr. Grills always liked me. He offered me escort and passage as far as Troy or Albany. I accepted his proposal, and you know the rest. When I told Fausta my story, she declared I made it up as I went along. When she believed it, as she does believe it now, she agreed with me in declaring that it was not fit that two people thus joined should ever be parted. Nor have we been, ever. She made a hurried visit at Mrs. Mason's. She prepared there for her wedding. On the first of November we went into that same church which was our first home in New York, and that dear old raven man made us one. End of Story 9 Chapter 5